want you, if you don't mind, John Abercrombie up there in the back, I can't see, I'm, I want to add some scripture at the beginning here. I want you to turn, if you will, to Acts chapter 17. We're, we're starting this series in 1 Thessalonians, and I'm probably not even going to get to 1 Thessalonians a whole lot today. I want to give you some background and then kind of lay on you what God has kind of shown me. Now, Thursday, uh, on Thursdays, we have a coach's Bible study here at Charleston Southern University and I have the opportunity with Coach Padilla and I to, to lead that. And I kind of shared some information that was on my heart. I have this theory that the Lord is showing me, and I want you to see this. Now, let me tell you. It's interesting. I did not plan it this way, but God did. We started with the book of Galatians, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians. Galatians was probably the first letter that Paul wrote. Paul wrote almost half the New Testament. 27 books in the New Testament, he wrote 13 of them. So you can do the math, almost half. So here Paul is writing to the churches in Galatia, then all of a sudden, he goes into his second letter that he writes into Thessalonica. And that's really in modern day Greece, if you will, and it's above Athens. And so he's writing to this place, the Thessalonians. Now, the Thessalonians are my type of people, okay? They are my type of people. They are uh, real down home, kind of rough around the edges. Are y'all following me, anybody? I mean, they're not uh, the word y'all love to get me to say all the time, bougie. They're not that. They are down home, my type of people, good old mill people, you know what I mean? People that will fight to the death. I mean, just one of those people that I love. And let me just show you what happened to Paul as he began to, to plant the church with, with Silas and Timothy. He begins to plant this church in Thessalonica, which is, like I said, right above Athens, just above Athens. And all of a sudden you see this go, Acts chapter 17, and I want us to turn there, and then I'm going to get into it. So we're going to have a lot of scripture today. It's online on Facebook at Summit Church. So all the notes are online. I actually had another sermon, and then this morning I changed it. That's, now this is the second week in a row. So you, you see what the Lord is doing in, in my life. So I want us to look at Acts chapter 17, and we're going to see where the church in Thessalonica was birthed and how it was birthed, and you kind of see the drama around it. I mean, it was really interesting. So when you read First and Second Thessalonians and you get into the Antichrist, and we're going to get into that hopefully and find out who this cat is, we, we, we'll see. All right, Acts chapter 17. If you don't mind, let's stand. Let's burn some calories. Verses 1, John, if you don't mind, verses 1 through 12. I want to show you the difference between pinto beans and cornbread and high dollar. Thessalonica, my people. When they had passed through Amphipolis, this is in verse 1, and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica. Paul, Silas, and Timothy. You can see that in 1 Thessalonians 1.1. As his custom was, Paul went into the synagogue and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures. So Paul would go into the synagogue. The synagogue was like a satellite temple, if you will. It was not a place where they had sacrifice, but it was a place that they got together and they would expound and teach the word of God. It was where they had school, because school for the children all the way up till they began to ply their trade was during that time. Okay, verse 3, explaining and proving that the Christ 
had to suffer and raise from the dead. You see, they were looking for Messiah as an earthly king, and here now Paul is saying, no, Messiah comes as a suffering king. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Christ, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and not a few prominent women. So there was some high, bougie people there. Verse 5. But the Jews were jealous. So they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace. Now you've got to understand, Thessalonica, there, you don't have to go far to find some rowdy people. Because all my rowdy friends are coming over tonight, right there. Formed a mob and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order, I love this, to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other brothers before the city officials shouting, these men have caused, excuse me, yeah, trouble all over the world. Now, Bo Herbert is preaching before, wonderful men of God, him and his wife. Uh, the ESV version, you might be reading out of that in your Bible, says, turn the world upside down. That is my prayer for us, that we will turn the world upside down. That would be our reputation for the Lord. And have now come here, verse 7, and Jason has welcomed them into his house. They are all defying Caesar's decrees, because you see the Messiah is another king, saying there is another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. Then they made Jason and the others post bond and let them go. Verse 10. As soon as it was night, the brothers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. Berea is high dollar. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. That was their practice as they would go into every city. Philippi, they went out to this water to see where women would pray and they began to teach them there. Now the Bereans were of more noble character, here we go family, than the Thessalonians. For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Many of the Jews believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. So you see the church being birthed in Thessalonica, in Thessalonica, and then in a turmoil, they had to sneak out of the city and they go to Berea. Now the people are going to fall on there and try and cause problems as well. Let's pray, ask God to open up his words and see what's going to happen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I am begging you today that you would make this message so clear that I would get out of the way and that you would be glorified and that we would look and examine our lives as sisters and brothers in Christ. We would examine our lives to see if our lives reflect the holiness of God. Lord, that is my prayer. Let us experience your power today. You said in your word, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Heavenly Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to move so that Jesus would be glorified and that you would be glorified. 
We bless you and love you. Forgive us of our sins so we can hear you clearly. We thank you and we praise you. And all God's people said what? Amen and amen. You can be seated. So I think the Lord is, no, I know the Lord has shown me how to stay on fire for him. Are y'all ready for this? This is some really good stuff I'm going to give you. I gave some of this stuff to the country. This is like, I've never seen anybody write on this. I've never read this before. This is all the Holy Spirit as I go through the Bible every year. For years and years and years, I read through the Bible every year. For years. Just years upon years, I just read through the Bible in my quiet time. And let me tell you what God is going to do and how he's going to show you this. How we can stay on fire for the Lord, and he's going to show you this. If you don't mind, and John, I apologize to you, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and then we're going to get into some serious deep stuff. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and we're going to see this idea of where we're going to go. Now, I'm not going to teach you on chapter 1 today, but it's the backdrop where we're going. So, are y'all ready? I got five people. Are y'all ready? All right, let's go. I mean, and it's like being in with the presence of the Lord. I promise we're not going to be going, Jesus, you're just wonderful. You're just so glorious. Okay. All right. Let's, let's look at first Thessalonians chapter one. You can go on your phones, iPad, pages turning. Woohoo. You got it memorized because you all that. All right, here we go. All right. First Thessalonians chapter one, verse one, Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now remember, the church was birthed out of turmoil. It was violence. They were going after the believers, hardcore. After three weeks, they had to sneak Paul. They had to sneak Paul and Silas out of the city. Verse 2. We always thank God for all of you mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen who, saints? God has chosen you today. You would not be here I say with all authority that I know in the Lord, God has chosen you today. And just like he chose those people and that reputation, they turned the world upside down. May it be said of us as believers that we are going to turn the world upside down. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words. Now don't miss this. This is so rich. But also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with what, saints? And there's a, I, I, got, I just got sermons for you in this. You know how we lived among you for your sake. The holiness, the holiness that they lived among. The holiness means to set yourself apart for the Lord. What's the difference between a fork that they would eat during that time and a fork that was in the temple? Uh, uh, that what made that fork holy and the one at home not holy? The one at, that fork in the temple that was holy because it was set apart for God. We have been set apart for God. That is the key to the fire of God in our life, that we can stay on fire for the Lord. We don't have to depend on somebody else to give us fire. We don't have to depend on some music to give us fire. We don't have to depend on some type of word of inspiration to give us fire. It's when we set apart our lives for God, all of a sudden God begins to build fire in us. I'm talking fire that will change the world and turn it upside down. You know how we live among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of severe suffering. Remember, they ran the people out of town. They took Jason, who was that leader, that single leader. They took Jason, and they just man, put him in jail. They had to post bond, and they'd go after him because he was associated with Paul. 
you welcomed the message with joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a what, saints? Model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. You and I are models, and I'm going to give you a deep word today. Are y'all ready? Huh? Are you ready? I'm going to talk about, here is my theory. The theory is, is in two parts. Number one, the key to being on fire, if you're taking notes, the key to be on fire for God, a continual fire that will never, ever, ever be put out until we go to be in his presence. And at that point, there'll be a fruition, a fruition of that. We'll see clearly what that fire did for us on this earth. But the key to being on fire for God is the holiness in our lives as we set ourselves apart for God. The more we set ourselves apart for God, the more on fire we come. And the second thing is this, and saints, I promise you, this is a, man, the Lord showed me all this, and you're going to see in scriptures, and you're going to see that what God is doing. That, and I don't know anybody who's written about it, and I don't know anybody who's taught it, and I want to write on it. The fire, listen to this, the holiness of God is the fire of hell. I'll go to this side. The holiness of God is the eternal fire of hell. God and all his glory, he's such a bright light. This bright light is so bright and it's so powerful that to be in his presence, that's why can, no man can look at God and live. We would burn up. I'm getting ahead of myself because it's so good and so rich. But his holiness, his bright light, his bright light, it, that holiness that's set apart, that fire that burns within him, that sets apart, that goes forward from him is the fire of of hell. We are not Jehovah Witnesses. They are wrong in many ways. In many ways, they're not. That's why they need to get converted. They need to get saved because here's the point. Just one of the points is they believe at the end times when God raises the dead that all the people in sin are going to be annihilated. Boom, right? I've taught you this. Spontaneous combustion. Over with. And the reason why, and I've taught you this, I just want to set it up and say it again. The reason why is, is they believe that a good God is not going to punish us Longer than our sins deserve or longer than the length of our sin. Well, let me ask you something. If that logic is so good, then if you only, that if somebody, and God forbid this has happened, I know this has happened to some of you, but God forbid, and I'm going to use this as an example, and I'm sorry to be graphic, please forgive me, but it brings the intensity behind it. If somebody in here, and, 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 and God is going to set this back to right, but some anybody in here has been raped, and if they were raped, for 30 minutes, then according to Jehovah Witness theology, they should only be punished for 30 minutes. Is that correct, saints? Huh? Y'all gonna not talk to me? Do you think that's fair? Neither does God. The fire of God is the holiness of hell. Are you ready? Now listen, you're not gonna have time. You're not gonna have time because we're gonna go through some scriptures. So you're gonna have to get this online. But I don't want you to miss reading it. The holiness of God is the fire of hell for believers. Ready? On your mark, get set, go. Matthew 5, 22. We ready? Here we go. Matthew 5, 22. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. I want you to read it. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answer, answer, answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. There is fire in hell. Matthew 10, 28. Don't be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both the body, 
excuse me, both soul and body in hell. Luke 16, 23, in hell where he was in torment, meaning the rich man, Jesus gave that parable, him and, and Lazarus. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. Second Peter 2, 4, for if God did not spare angels when they sinned, most theologians believe a third of heaven fell with Satan. As that's why they've already had their judgment. That's why when we die, there is no more judgment because we've had an opportunity just like they've had an opportunity and their judgment is, has been already sentenced on them. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in gloomy dungeons, hold on to that word, gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment. The holiness of God is the fire of hell. Where does this fire come from? Psalm 97. Psalm 97 verses 1 through 6. The Lord reigns. Let the earth be glad. Let the distant shores rejoice. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Gloomy dungeons. Fire by night to the Israelites and a cloud by day. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. What's next, saints? Fire goes before him and consumes his foes on every side. His lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens declare his righteousness and all peoples will see his glory. Fire goes before God Almighty. He is holiness, is this inferno fire, this bright white light of fire that goes before him. Can you tell I'm a little excited? Okay. Micah 1.4. The mountains melt beneath him and the valley split apart. Is that up there? Good. The valley split apart like wax before the fire, like water rushing down a slope. Nahum 1.5. The mountains quake before him and the hills, what saints? Melt away. The earth trembles at his presence, the world and all who live in it. That's why nobody can look at God and live. Nobody, because of the holiness of God, is so thick and so rich. And we even experience his glory is in the Hebrew called Shekinah glory. It's a weighted glory that causes us to bow. That's why it's that way. Second Peter 3, 10 through 12. But the day of the Lord, which is all through 1 Thessalonians, by the way, especially 2 Thessalonians. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by what, saints? And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live what, saints? Holy the holiness of God is the fire of hell. But the holiness of God for the saints is the fire that burns within us to see Jesus glorified and makes us go through any bad circumstance you'll face. And you'll come out victorious. Oh, y'all not hear me. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. Okay, y'all don't shout me down. Okay, you ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed. And notice we have part in the acceleration process of God coming and speed it's coming. That day will bring forth about the destruction of the heavens by what, saints? And the elements will melt in the what? Is anybody getting this? You've never been taught this before. And I praise the Lord for showing it to me. So what about believers? 
What about believers, this fire of God? Here's what it means. Here's what's going to happen. You and I are going to stand in the presence of God. And right now we have a chance to be holy. You have a chance to set apart in your life the holiness of God. God says, be holy as I am what? He says, set apart, set apart. Now, I'm not trying to get into ethical behavior. I'm not trying to teach all that stuff. If you love God, ethics will take care of itself. Amen? Okay, but let me just use this as a breakdown. If you get into the holiness of God and wh- how we live our lives with, our, with what we watch in movies and what we do and all this stuff, and we live a lot, uh, there's freedom in Christ, I got that, but I'm talking about this holiness, this holiness where we're setting apart ourselves for the glory of God. The more we set apart ourselves, the more the light shines within us, the more the glory of God shines within us, and the earth is going to see the fire in us. The world is going to see that, and they're going to hate it. And they're going to try to stomp it out. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you what it's like to stand in the presence of. See, what happens is that fire of God. We come into. I'm going to get ahead of myself. Let's go to Daniel chapter 3, 25 through 27. You remember the three Israelites, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They would not bow down to the statue of Nebuchadnezzar. Is that correct? And what did they do to him, saints? What did Nebuchadnezzar do? Throw him in the what? Throw them in the fiery furnace and throw them in there and get it so hot that when they threw them in, even the soldiers burned to death because of the fire. But look what happens. Then King Nebuchadnezzar, verse 25, he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire. Jesus is with them. What does it say in Psalm 97? Fire goes before him and consumes his foes on every side. You see, when we are saved, we have walked in the fire of the Lord. We have walked in the presence of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is inside of us, and the power of God is over us. And so earthly fire, his judgment fire does not touch us, but it brings us, and we see it as a heavenly light, and we're drawn closer to the light, and drawn closer to the light, and drawn closer to the light. And for us, it's not heat, it is his glory his glory and the more you and I live a set apart holy life people will see his what look I see four men walking around in the fire unbound and unharmed and the fourth looks like a son of the gods Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted Shadrach Meshach Abednego Servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire and the satraps, prefects, governors, and warrior advisors cried around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their heads. What, saints? Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. That is the fire of God. Jude 22 through 23 says this, be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To, show, to others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupt, uh, corrupted flesh. The fire of God, fire goes before God. That's why we can't see it now. But there'll be a day when we're in our spirit. There'll be a day when our resurrected bodies are there and we can stand in the very presence of God and all the things that we have done, all the wood and hay and stubble and all those acts will be burned away and we'll have the, re- the works refined by fire in his presence. Show the picture of Mount Sinai. 
It's hard to get to Mount Sinai because you got monks and you'd probably get killed if you tried to get there in some ways. But this is the top of Mount Sinai. Okay, there it is. Now, that is not a shadow. The top of Mount Sinai is burned. Do you remember when God came down and he let Moses see his glory? Do y'all know what I'm talking? Are y'all with me today or have I lost you? This is some deep stuff. This is good. Do, y'all, do, do you remember what I'm talking about, saints? When he came down, and when he came down, fire goes before God. It burned the top. And so they actually, some guy stole some piece of this, of, of that rock. What happened is, you would say, oh, well, that used to be a volcano. No, 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 no. Because the top of the mountain is scorched. Once you dig in about this deep, it's actual just regular rock. If it was volcanic, that rock would have been singed all the way down from where the heat came from. Somebody help me. See, just the top of it is scorched. And they can't explain it, but we know why. Fire. And as long as there is a God, there's an eternal hell. The holiness of God. That is what people can't explain. Burned. The top scorched. Digging a little deep. Regular rock. Presence of God. In our life. For I'm crucified with Christ. I'm burned with Christ. And yet I what? Oh, let's keep going because y'all don't believe me what I'm talking about. That's okay. That's all right. I got a lot of moles, Clubber Lang would say, in Rocky 3. All right, here we go. Revelation chapter 1, verses 13 through 15. Here's the picture of Jesus. I'm tired of seeing Jesus on a cross. I'm tired of it. The Passion movie's coming out. You know they're coming out with a new Passion, right, on the resurrection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woohoo! That's what it's all about. That's why Paul got killed. Revelation 1, 13 through 15. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a, in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like a what, saints? That's, man, when God looks fire. That's the Jesus I know. His feet were like bronze, glowing in a what? Fire goes before him and consumes his foes on every side. The fire of God was a hedge of protection around the Israelites at night when they wandered in the wilderness and a cloud by day. Remember the angels that he didn't spare in gloomy dungeons. Darkness, the Bible talks about, is in hell. Fire, he talks about in hell. All right, let's keep going. This is really good. Leviticus 9, 24. This is what's amazing. Leviticus talking to the Levites. When they, when they prayed, remember when they prayed for the sacrifice and they asked God to bless the sacrifice? What came out? What came out from the tabernacle? Remember, the tabernacle is another word for tent. They didn't have the permanent temple yet, right? Because they were moving around. They weren't in the promised land. But when they prayed and they had the sacrifice from where the Ark of the Covenant was, fire comes out and consumes the sac... Mm. Leviticus 9.24. Fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat portions of the altar. And all the people saw it and they shouted for joy and what? 
Because you see, that was Shekinah glory. That was weighted glory. See what happens. See, y'all not getting it, but I'm hoping the Spirit of God will get it in you that we are sacrifices and the fire of God, we are those living sacrifices and the fire of God consumes us. But in Hebrews, he says, for our God is a consuming fire, referring to the judgment of God. Leviticus 2.16, this is where it gets even better. They must be holy to, the, to their God and must not profane the name of their, of their God because they present offerings made to the Lord by what, saints? Fire. The food for their God, they're to be holy. But you see, Aaron, ooh, ooh, Aaron's sons, Aaron's sons presented a sacrifice that was not holy and fire came out from the altar and consumed their bodies and destroyed them. And God said to Moses, tell Aaron, don't even mourn. Listen, saints, nobody, no circumstance can touch us. When, the, when, the, when, the, when they were moving out west in Utah and Montana and Nebraska and Colorado and lightning would strike and it would hit the plains and there would be a blaze coming, this big wildfire coming. And so you would have the pioneers go out there. What they would do is they would light the ground around them and burn the ground all around them. Then they would circle the wagons and here comes this huge blazing wildfire as it moves across the plain with high winds as it comes to ground that is burnt fire cannot burn ground that's been already so the fire would go around it we stand on ground that has already been burned by jesus man are y'all with me today or what man that's the lord it's the lord deuteronomy 4 24 for the for the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Deuteronomy 5.25, but now why should we die? This great fire will consume us. And if we die, if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any longer. How about, how about Elijah, the prophet, when they had 450 prophets of Baal cutting themselves and blood was just pouring out as they set this altar up on the top of Mount Carmel, right? And he says, he calls to God and all of a sudden fire is going to come down from heaven and consume the sacrifice. 1 Kings 18, 24, Elijah said to them, then you call on the name of your God, talking about the prophets of Baal, fake, phony God. And I will call on the name of the Lord, the God who answers by fire. He is God. Then all the people said, what you say is good. How about in 2 Kings chapter 1, when all of a sudden, Elijah's sitting on top of a hill, and he knows the king of Israel is trying to kill him. And so the king of Israel sent, sent a, a group of soldiers, 50 in each company, and they would come to try and get Elijah. But you see, the fire of God consumes his foes on every side. So when they came to get Elijah, Elijah said, if I'm a man of God, may fire fall down from heaven, and fire would come and wipe them out. So the king of Israel sent another group of 50 soldiers, and Elijah says the same thing. If I'm a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and consume you. Boom! Another 50. The third company comes, and their leader comes begging on his face to Elijah, man, don't kill us. 2 Kings 1.10, Elijah answered the captain, if I'm a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. Then fire fell from heaven and consumed the captain and his men. Psalm 50, verse 3. Our God comes and will not be silent. So why are we? A fire devours before him and around him a tempest rages. Revelation 15, 2. 
and I saw what looked like a sea of glass. Now, saints, I'm going to teach you something really deep. You ready for something deep that only the people that have died in the Lord know right now? Revelation 15, verse 2. And I saw what looked like a sea of what, saints? Mixed with what? In heaven, there's the throne room of God. The Lamb is at the center of the throne. And there's a sea of glass that's not fuzzy. It's pure where they can see everything on this earth, everything around us. So we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And here's what happens. Because the fire of God, the holiness of God, is the fire of God. is so pure and holy that it makes a sea of glass mixed with fire. And for us that are saved, we walk through the fire. We walk through the fire and we get to the sea of glass. And we get to see everything as well as the presence of God. That's why it's a sea of glass. The holiness of God. Can I just stop for a moment? Is this good or do you want me to just move on? You, you, you like it? You ever heard it? Good. So holiness gives us our fire and lights us up. Let your lights so shine before men that they may see your good works. Right? Matthew 5, 16. May glorify your Father in heaven. Saints, we gotta, we got to clean up. Saints, we got to clean ourselves up. Now, I know Satan, I know God already cleaned us up. I got that and destroyed Satan. I got all that. But I'm talking about, you know, we live in freedom, but sometimes I think, I think we're, if we're not careful, we'll abuse that freedom. Right? And, and, and we wonder why we're not fired up. We wonder why the fire, we come in here and worship, we would just, man, we, we need an anthem song. We need a, we need a song that's an anthem to speak to our heart. All of a sudden, yeah, worship was great. No, 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 no. Worship is great when your heart is ready. In fact, worship is great whether we're ready or not. It's the holiness of God. Man, it's like God showed me in, in Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah 1.5, he says, y'all you, you know the verse. He, he said, I knew you before I formed you what? Talk to me. In the womb. He had already set him apart. That's holiness. He had already set Jeremiah apart as holy. Holiness just means to be set apart for God. So he, he set apart for the work. And then when Jeremiah would not do what God wanted him to do when he thought about quitting because it was so tough, he said in Jeremiah, but when I feel like I'm just going to shut up, it's like fire in my bones. You see, the more we set apart ourselves for God, the more fired up we're going to be, and it's going to burn in us. And yet we're around people that want to pull us down and take away that holiness. Take away that fire, and then we wonder where the fire is. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, it says, Do not put out the spirits. Oh, 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 what about that verse? Do not put out the spirits' fire. 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 15. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has already, one, the, the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, or costly stones, and other works that have been tested by God, come on, wood, hay, or stubble, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day, we're going to read about that in 1 Thessalonians, the day, the judgment day, will bring it to light. The holiness of God is the fire of God that's the light of God. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. 
God, I stand in front of you, and the only crowns I have to give you is the crown of life. Crown of righteousness. What about unbelievers? What about people? Now listen, I want to tell you something my seminary president said. Don't you ever preach hell without tears. I can't manufacture tears. But if anybody preaches hell and fire, they preach it with anger, leave. Did you hear what I said? Get up and walk out. Because that's not the Spirit of God. I can prove it in Scripture. What did James and John say to Jesus? You, you want us to call fire down from heaven? Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're talking about. Where are you from? You don't ever, ever preach hell with anger. You preach hell with tears. Because it is real and it is sad. But John, you said we'll be on the sea of glass and we'll see all this turmoil and everything. Here's what you'll see. This is why you have to study a little C.S. Lewis in The Great Divorce, that even our bad times, even the things that we see in the Christian's lives, even the bad draws them closer to Jesus. So even when you look back in heaven and you see all the bad times in your life, you'll see what God carried you through. But if you're a non-believer and you're burning in hell, when you look back in your life, it's going to bring sorrow. Even the highlights of your life, I went to the, I married this girl, we had this many kids, we had this family, we had this fortune, we had this date, I had this reward in football, I had all these awards in this, and you're going to look back and it's all going to be held to you because it will, you will realize at that moment that you traded Jesus for that. What about unbelievers? Revelation 18, 8. I'm almost done. Are y'all with me? Therefore, in one day, her plagues will overtake her. Death, mourning, and famine. She will be consumed by fire. For mighty is the Lord God who judges her. I'm sorry. I don't want, it is not God's will that one should perish. Then why do people perish, John? Because they choose to do so. God is not without a voice. He's in every place that can be heard. He's there. We have countries that are, that are non-Christian. We have countries beside them pumping in through the airways. We have the gospel through air, through media, through internet, through hotel rooms. We have people, we have, we have people that are going. Revelation 19, 20, but the beast was captured and with him the false prophet who had performed the miraculous signs on, on his behalf. With these signs, he had deluded those who received the mark of the beast and worshiped his image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Revelation 20, verse 9. They marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people. This is after the millennium. And God is going to right now lay the smack down where he says this. The city he loves, that's the new Jerusalem. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them. Revelation 20. Verses 12 through 15, and I saw the dead, great and small. Can I talk to somebody in here today who is not 100% sure that if you were to die at this moment that you'd know Jesus Christ? I want to give you a way to know that you can be sure because if you're not sure, here's what could happen to you. See, Christians are the only people that die once and live twice. And non-believers are the only people who live once and die twice. Revelation chapter 20, verses 12 through 15. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the Lamb book of, life, book of Life. So here we have the Lamb's Book of Life. There's only one book, the best I see in Scripture, that 50% of the world is going to be saved. You know, two are working, one is gone, right? That's the best I see in Scripture. 
All right? Then over here is you have many books. And these are people that don't know God. You know, wide is the path to destruction. Man, it's wide. It's, it's wide because there's so many ways to get to destruction. But there's only one way to get to God. And that's Jesus. Then it says this, the dead were judged according to what they had done. I hear that from everybody. I'm a good person. God says, fine. You want to be judged by your works? Here's your works. And here's the standard I'm comparing you to, Jesus. For all have sinned, for the wages of sin. One sin makes us less than perfection. And what's scary about it all is we were born, we have inside us the will to sin. The will to hate. The will to hurt. The will to cut. The will to gossip. The will to turn people away. The will to destroy our marriage. The will to destroy lives. The will to destroy our children. The will to destroy ourselves. They were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead. So they're cremated, spread their ashes out the sea. Boom, body comes out. The sea gave up their dead that were in it, and, the, and death and Hades, that's current hell, gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades, that's the current hell, were thrown into the lake of what, saints? The lake of fire is the second death. Non-believers are the only people who are born once and die twice. If anyone's name was not found... Written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. That's all I got. So today, first question. Is your name in the book of life or is it in the books? Because either way, everybody's name is in a book. And you'll be judged by your works or you can be judged by the holiness of Jesus. Which one would you rather walk through the fire with? The only way I know to have Jesus is to trust him as Lord, not teacher, not prophet, not he's a good man, he's a God of love. He's also a God of holiness, the Bible says. Let's don't pin God just down to love. It does say love in 1 John, but it also says God is holy many other times. So you want the holiness of Jesus or you want your holiness? And there's a huge gap, and when you stand in the presence Fire is going to go before God. It's going to come out of his eyes, and you're going to see him stand glowing. It's so bright that you, you're, going to, you're going to bow anyway because Philippians says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. And the reason why they bow is the weighted glory of God. So you, how do I communicate hell? I don't know how except to say this is what the Bible says. And the reason why there's an eternal hell is because God is eternally holy. And as long as he's holy, there's always going to be a hell. And that's why we need to love people and tell them about Jesus. Trust him and repentance is follow. Doesn't mean you don't follow and fall. Doesn't mean you don't follow and sin. You're going to sin. You're going to continue to sin. Hopefully that gets better. God will break the chains. But we sing of the victory of Jesus because we don't have to face hell. For us, it is the glory and bright light of God where there'll be no more sun. There'll be no more moon. Those lights have gone away because there's only one light. So you're either in that book, the Lamb's book of life, 
Are you in this place? Second thing, now I want to talk to the believers in the room. Can I be honest with you for a moment? I just want to be straight up. How's your holiness? What have, in your life have you not set apart? Has, has, listen, listen, has sports become that? If you're, listen, you're married. Has your marriage become that? Has a relationship become more important than God? How's your holiness? Because the more you set apart God in your life, holiness means to be set apart. God's already chosen you. I showed you in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. You're chosen. Give you the word of God today. So how's your holiness? How's your, how's your holiness with, when you're by yourself? Computer. Your walk, what you're listening to, how are you talking, how are you talking about others, how are you talking about your teammates, how are you talking about your children, your grandchildren, how are you talking about one another, how are we doing it with our holiness? The more we reduce our holiness, the smaller our fire gets. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. How's your prayer life? Or would you like today to say, God, I just rededicate my holiness to you? or your holiness that you've given me to you. What do you need to make right? Can we just be real for a moment? How's your holiness? If you want the fire of God in your life and you don't see fire in anybody else, hey, listen, don't, don't look for other people. Look to God, the author and finisher, the starter, the initiator, and the fulfillment of our faith. So the altar's open. What do you want to tell God? You want to tell him you're sorry? You want to ask him for help? You want an answer? You want to give your life and make that known? There'll be prayer warriors to pray with you? Listen, don't live in seek. Hey, listen, one day God's going to call us out anyway, so you might as well come out. Everybody else is coming out. Might as well come out. If you give your life to Christ and you pray, you need to let us know. We're having a new members class starting next week at 10 o'clock in the mezzanine. Ne next week, the me the, that's the second level. You go up the steps right out there in a small classroom. We've got a new members class at 10 o'clock. Some people have been asking. I praise God. God said, come check it out. You don't, just because you come and check it out doesn't mean you're a member. You don't have to do it. Check it out. We've got a baptism coming up at the end of the month. Have you set that apart? How are you doing when you're holiness? How are you doing if I check your phone? How's your text? How's your movies? How's your, let's talk about that for a moment. Let's talk about Ted. How's that? How's it working for you? You see what you're feeling right now? It's called solemnity, a holy hush. Let's just be right with the Lord. Here's the good news. All the place that we're in, Jesus has already given you victory. You're not, you haven't lost your salvation because you've sinned. Now's the time to come back to your love. And that is how you can stay on fire for the Lord. Lord Jesus, that is my prayer. Who in here would like to give their life to you? I pray this, that they'll say this, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and that God, you rose him on the third day and right now I confess with my heart, Jesus is Lord and I'll turn and follow you. That's and Lord, I pray they'll come forward right now that there'll be people up here ready to pray with them and so we can begin to equip them in discipleship. I pray that. I pray they'll, they'll not be secret agent Christians, that they'll come on out and be straight up about it because that's what you want. Everybody you called, you called out, Lord. That's the way it works. Second thing is this. How about the Christians in the room that just need some prayer? 
How about some people in this room say, Lord, I just, I just want, I just, I need to rededicate my life to you. I need to rededicate that holiness of set, being set apart. There's some areas, Lord, in my life. I just want, if they want to come and kneel right now, Lord, that they'll do that. They'll just come and just get on their face in front of the Lord and say, Lord, you know what? I, I don't, I, my holiness needs to be, I just need you to do a work in that. I just need you to do a work. I need you to set me free because of the cross, the victory in Jesus. Because of that, I'm standing and there is no fire judgment for me. There is nothing fire. But I just want to be able to present to you everything that has been tested by fire. So maybe I have a question right now, Lord, about a relationship, about a job or career direction. And I want you to test this, Lord, by your fire, by your holiness. Is this what you want? So I come and I bow my knees today and I just want to say, Lord, I I want you to test this in my heart. Test my heart today. is there, is that your holiness, does it pass the holiness test of where you're leading me? Lord, please let us be real today. Please, I beg you, that pride would not enter people's hearts, that we have been set free by the blood of Jesus. There is no judgment. No one can judge. No one can judge. You're the only author of judge, and you have nothing but love for us because we stand under the righteousness, the holiness of Jesus. So we call upon you now, Lord. God, we just want to set ourselves apart for you. I want to set myself apart, my tongue, my heart, my thoughts for your holiness. That is my prayer.